Today's first scripture reading is taken from Isaiah chapter 9. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged a nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them, the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The seal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Our second Bible reading of the morning is from Matthew chapter 2. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. I want to start by thinking a bit about the year that has just gone by. 2016. What a year. If you had placed a five-pound bet, five pounds, in January, on these three things happening this year, you would have won 15 million pounds. A triple bet. What were those three things? One, Leicester City winning the Premier League. Two, Brexit. And three, the election of Donald Trump as the President of the United States. But who would have predicted those things back in January? I'm working on the odds for 2017. If you want, we can chat about that over lunch and get the bet down early. But, but more seriously, how do you feel about 2016? We were talking about this in our staff meeting the other day at the church, and one of the members said, well, I'll be glad to put it behind me. I'll be glad to put it behind me. Just think about the situation in Syria. And the pictures of Aleppo that came out this week, if you saw them. 
the UN have just declared that eastern Aleppo is being turned into a gigantic graveyard. 2016 has been the year of migration. Tens of thousands of Syrians and others have fled their home country and tried to find a new life in Europe. Will you ever forget those pictures of desperate refugees crowding onto boats and some of them drowning in the Mediterranean? But what has Europe's response been? Kim Clausen, who's a field coordinator on a Médecins Sans Frontières search and rescue boat, said, it seems like a lot of people in the EU think anyone coming over is a terrorist and that we should leave them to die. I think we are living in a really shameful chapter for European history. We can't even treat people like human beings. Hmm. Treating people like human beings. You know, 2016 has also been the year of human trafficking. Even here in our own city, human beings are bought and sold as slaves. And 2016 has been the year of nationalism. All over the world, unlikely leaders have surged to victory with promises that they're going to build walls to keep their neighbors out, that they're going to prevent migration, and they're going to kick people out who have a different religion or a different skin color. Are we treating people like human beings? Even the privileged few whose lives are secure and affluent are sensing this crisis. A young actress called Helen Monks gave an interview back in the summer. She said that all of her friends who graduated from university and they were just so depressed. These are actually people, she said, who come from privileged backgrounds. They have enough support and money and love. In theory, they should be doing all right. But there's so little hope for the future. Her words, not mine. So little hope for the future. And I think she's nailed it. That's the problem. It's a problem of hope. And when you step back, I think you could see that 2016 has been the year of a crisis of hope. Where is hope going to come from? The Bible teaches that human beings are hope-based creatures. And so without hope, you and I, we wither and die like sunflowers with no sunshine. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. We need hope. We need it. But where can we get it? Now here's one answer. This is one answer. Some people say that we can get hope by searching inside. Search inside yourself. Here's a quotation. I wonder if you can guess who said this. The best way... To not feel hopeless is to get up and do something. Don't wait for good things to happen to you. If you go out and make some good things happen, you will fill the world with hope, and you will fill yourself with hope. Who said that? Barack Obama. Now, what do you think of that idea that you can fill yourself with hope? That we're just by getting up and doing things, we can fill ourselves with hope. Does it work? Just think about President Obama for a minute. This man, for a time, was perhaps the most powerful man on earth. He worked tirelessly for social justice. He spent billions of dollars trying to develop affordable health care for his country. He strove for equality. He strove for racial reconciliation. And now he's out of office and someone else has come in. How do you think he feels now? Was he able to fill himself with hope? What about those desperate refugees crowding onto those boats, 
going into the Mediterranean, those desperate people living in slum conditions in Calais, can they fill themselves with hope? Can they fill the world with hope just by trying? I think Obama's statement won't work. It's more suited to Hollywood than the real world because we can't fill ourselves with hope. That's the problem. Hope has to come from outside. In fact, I think there are three problems with, with Obama's statement. We don't have the power, we don't have the perspective, and we don't have the permanence to fill the world with hope. The power, the perspective, and the permanence. Power. Who is strong enough to make the world a better place? Who has enough influence? Who has enough power? None of us. Leaders come and go. Some of them exert great power for a while, but they cannot save the world. And we know that power tends to corrupt, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Perspective. You know that even when someone is in a position of leadership, and even a good leader is always biased. To err is human, said the poet. Even the wisest one of us makes bad choices, has blind spots, and fails to see the whole picture. We have a problem of perspective. And thirdly, we have a problem of permanence. Even the strongest, greatest human leaders, the wisest among us, face one inevitable problem. It's the problem of time. Time marches on, as time does. The leaders fade from the scene. Their influence wanes. A new generation grows up who didn't know them. And the world that they've tried to create, it's driven for, is in the hands of others. We have a problem of filling ourselves with hope because of power and perspective and permanence. We need hope. But where can we get it? I want to suggest that we can't find lasting hope by searching inside, by filling ourselves with hope. We will be crushed by these problems. But there is a better way. It's this. Search for the hope outside yourself. Search for the hope outside yourself. The great example of this is found in our Bible reading that Colin read for us earlier. It's the story of the Magi, the three wise men, sometimes known as three kings. We three kings of Orient are one on a horseback and one in a car. You remember the songs? Scholars think it's unlikely that they were kings, but they do seem to have been wealthy and wise. So here is a word to the wise today. Let's be like the Magi. They came from the east, from the land of the rising sun. Were they from Japan? Probably not. More likely they came from Persia or modern-day Iran, somewhere around there. They traveled long and hard. Maybe some scholars think six months. This could have been a six-month journey to get to Jesus. They were wealthy, educated men, but they weren't believers in God. They didn't know the God of the Bible. They were pagans, worshippers of many gods, into DIY religion. And this is one reason why this story has the ring of truth. No self-respecting Jewish person in the first century would have made this up and put it in the Bible. The idea that the pagan magi come to pay homage to the Jewish king was actually quite embarrassing and quite offensive. But it happened. So in it goes. What do we learn from them? Now they may not have known God, but they did know how to read the stars. And in the ancient world, people would study the stars... And they would see, looking at the stars, if there was any movement, and they would interpret it as a sign of great things happening in the world below. That the events on earth were reflected in the sky. And so, when there was a great king born, they believed that the stars would reflect it. And somehow, these guys saw something. And they followed it. And they followed it all the way to Jerusalem. 
They came a long journey, an arduous journey. They wanted to see this newborn king, and the stars led them to Jerusalem. And there they got stuck, because following the stars will only get you so far. At some point, you need to listen to God and let him speak to you. It happened like this. The arrival of these three exotic strangers in Jerusalem, perhaps riding camels and accompanied by some servants, caused quite a stir. The local king, Herod, invited them up to his palace, but Herod was freaked out by what he heard. It says in our reading that Herod was disturbed. In fact, Herod was really disturbed all the time. Herod was the kind of guy who wasn't averse to bumping off children, wives, and leading citizens if they got in his way. He's kind of the Reggie Cray of the ancient world. And he wasn't even Jewish. He had no real business being the king of the Jews. So he's very insecure, and he's very disturbed by what he hears. You say a king's been born. Who is he? Where is this king? And then the text says that everybody else is alarmed as well, because if Herod ain't happy, no one's happy. Heads will roll. Could be literally. And so Herod calls a meeting of all the top brains in the country, and he says, Oi, where's this king of the Jews? Where's he supposed to be born? And there's a lot of red faces around the table. It's embarrassing. The king of the Jews has been born, and they didn't get the memo. But they do know their Bibles. And they quote a well-known passage from the prophet Micah. Now, this passage was written seven or 800 years before Jesus. It says this, But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, although you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel whose origins are from of old, from ancient times. What kind of a ruler will this person be? Micah carries on. He will stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of his God. And they will live securely, for then his greatness will reach to the ends of the earth. What is this all about? It's about hope. It's about hope, a hope that one day a better king will come. Look at what it says about his reign. It's a mixture here of strength and tenderness. He will shepherd his flock like a shepherd in the strength of God himself. He's majestic. He's also humble. And then he brings security, not just for one nation, but to the ends of the earth. He's such a great king. It's a hope that was given to broken and downtrodden people that one day a king will come who will put the world to rights. What a leader this would be. And once they hear this word, Bethlehem, the Magi get back on their camels like the Top Gear guys and they race off to Bethlehem, not a tourist destination, a humble village. And I wonder at that point what they expected to see. Did they expect they would see a golden palace? Surrounded by guards, a royal family with the press photographers from Hello taking pictures of the baby. Did they expect to see a baby in the heart of luxury, wrapped in silk sheets, attended by nurses and servants? But when they get to Bethlehem, they get the shock of their lives. Because the star stops at a humble location. They didn't even get a room at the inn, as the children showed us earlier. This king was born in a stable. His mother was a teenage peasant girl called Mary. And as these wise men stumble into the stable and they see her feeding this baby, they do the only thing appropriate at that time. They fall on their knees 
in the straw and they pay homage. And then they go to their treasures and they bring out the best they have. Kingly gifts, gold, frankincense, special, beautiful, precious incense, and myrrh, kingly gifts. And then they, at some point, get back on their camels and go away. I think they pondered that experience for the rest of their lives. And the Bible says that they were exceedingly joyful. They rejoiced greatly with great joy. Very happy. Why? Because they've searched and found the one who will really change the world. Just back to how we began today as I close. Our crisis of hope, our world war-torn, hopeless, broken. How does this scene in the stable resolve the crisis of hope? Because that baby is the very one promised by the prophet Micah all those years before. Because his birth is a miracle. The greatest miracle ever. It's called the incarnation. God became a human being. A real live flesh and blood man. And his name was to be called Jesus. Which literally means God saves. And because he's God. He deals with the problems of hope for our world. And because he's God. He doesn't have a problem with power. He doesn't have a problem with perspective. And he doesn't have a problem with permanence. He's always there. And he's a leader like no other. Jesus Christ was so strong and yet so tender. So majestic but humble. So wise. And yet his solution to the world's problems often looked foolish. We put our hope in many different things, you and I. We're hope-based creatures. But our hopes always disappoint us. They let us down. The message of Christmas is that someone has come who gives hope that will never fail you. And Jesus Christ does not disappoint. Now what about you? Maybe the stars have led you to a certain point in your life. You sense that you are a spiritual person, but you never really thought religion had much to say to you. Perhaps you thought that Christianity is a relic of the past. Okay for some people and for kids at Christmas. This morning I have tried to make you think again. And let me close therefore with an invitation. Make 2017 a different year. Make 2017 a different year. Not by putting hope in yourself, but by searching for the hope that Jesus brings. Make it the year that you let God speak to you in the words of the Bible. 